Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. And we're back with no Dave. Uh, so what you guys got for spoiler time? Guess I'm gonna go. You know I'm always good for spoilers. Yes, you are. Um, alright, so. This week, I don't think I have too much. Um, I did want to talk, of course, about Dent, the hero. Everyone sees themselves as the hero. Um, the annotation is sort of interesting on that one since they mentioned that, you know, that for the most part that's true, but Dent himself doesn't believe he's the hero of his own story. Something happened and he really did sort of embrace the mercenary viewpoint. He is just a tool. In this case, he's a tool for blue fingers, which we don't know that yet. Um, by the way, this is a spoilers episode, but, uh, yeah, he, he's just a tool. Like he believes himself as very much a tool. Um, I did want to talk about the painting that lights on. I really like that whole section with the, with, with this painting, how it's set up. Uh, Larimar doesn't, like, Light Song sees the battle. He can actually see the tones and hues and everything stands out. And it's, of course, matches something he might have seen in one of his dreams or memories. He typically dreams about the night at sea where he rescued his, I think, cousin. I think that's what she is. Uh, niece. niece, I believe. His niece. Um, I thought it was Larimar's kid. Yes. Larimar isn't his brother. Isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he is. I'm going to look that up. Uh, for some reason, I was thinking cousins. But maybe I could be mistaken. Uh, anyway, um, what's it called? He sees that painting, and Larimar thinks he's a little confused. Like, you know, this is just the battle of the many, one of the battles of the many war. And it turns out he can actually see it. He can see Sashara holding up Nightblood. Um, and of course, he's worried that it could be someone like Blushweaver. Uh, he's seeing a, it's a memory of what happened. And it's interesting that he describes it as not a very important battle of the many war because it was dictated by diplomacy. But in reality, that was the battle that Vasher decided he needed to kill Sashara because she was going to make more of these Nightbloods. Like, it was going to be horrible. She unleashed Nightblood at that battle. And that's when he's like, no, this cannot happen anymore. So, in terms of importance, I would actually rate it as very important. Uh, and it, what I think it's what ultimately makes him decide to be more peace giver rather than a war breaker. So, um, people don't know that because they don't realize it's, it was the same person. So, in terms of history, they're like, this was an important battle. But in terms of reality, this was a very important battle. And it's very interesting that the artists decided to make uh, this painting. And how appropriate it is at the time that it's given the lights on. Uh, so this is a little bit sideways from what you're talking about. Um, but I did some extra extrapolation math based on Dave's extrapolation math. Okay. And it's been about 300 years since the mini war, right? Yeah, yeah about that. So. 
Okay, which means that there has been about 300 years worth of God Kings getting, using Dave's average, about yeah. three breaths a week. Okay. Uh, so, assuming that a year on, um, geez, what's the name of the planet? Nalthus? Nalthus, thank you. Assuming that a year on Nalthus is about the same as a year on Earth, in the same number of weeks, because that's the unit of measure that matters, uh, Susebron should have about 45,000 breaths accumulated via the approximately three a week, plus whatever um, Vasher left to kickstart the process. Yes. And we know from the last few chapters in the book that he has the 10th tightening, which is 50,000 is what you need. Right. So that number is actually pretty well on point. So there we go. Dave's math works out. Yeah. So from that, we can actually reverse extrapolate and assume that a year on Nalthus has about the same number of weeks as a year on Earth. If I can dig up my Arcanium Unbounded, they might... Chris might have said how long a, a year is on Nalthus. Um, I believe like, units I are considered to be Cosmere Standard unless specifically noted otherwise. And yeah. Cosmere Standard is, I want to say, just for like ease of use, um, equivalent to Earth. Yeah, I think so. Um, something else that's interesting that I got from the annotations, I guess we could have talked about this with Dave, but the intention of Brandon writing this uh, this place about uh, Haladrin in particular. When I read it, I picture sort of like Greek. Like, it's very Greek to me. It's like a Greek pantheon. And uh, a lot of the, the visualizations to me harken back to that. But it also has that feel from, like, the Far East. Like, this is this is when, when fantasy writers talk about some other place that has dyes and, and other interesting things. It's like the equivalent of where China would be or something like that. That's what this book is supposed to be. Like, it's supposed to be that place. So I think it really is a mix of, like, Chinese and Greek mashed together into this culture that we have here. See, I always got um, India Color Festival. Okay. See, I picture the whole thing is, like, South American because you've got pyramids and they're in a jungle and there's... Hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the jungle climate fits India as well. Um, In addition, you have a, a mountainous neighbor... That that fits. That also fits some parts of South America as well. So, I mean, that's the whole point. It's supposed to be those things we've heard about uh, that have done trade with Europeans that they sort of gloss over in history. And this is what this place is supposed to be. So that's that's a little food for thought. So um, yeah. Um, so do we want to talk about our steel and lesser yes steel? We don't know much about yes steel, but go ahead. What do you want to talk about? Well, Arsteel and Yesteel are actual brothers. Yep. Who both who returned. returned. Yeah. Um, not super duper sure on the logistics of all of that, but apparently it happened. And Arsteel lost a duel to Vasher. Correct. And that is actually sort of recent because Jules and Tongfa were around for that. So yeah, that we're was... talking in like the previous ten years. That was recent enough that Light Song. If Yesti or if Arsteel wasn't already a return, I'm pretty sure it was like after Light Song returned. So you think it's within the past five years? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I like where Dave is thinking, 
He's thinking about like he hears his name Arsteel, and it's funny because we do know who Arsteel is. It's Claude, um, and Jules is totally doing stuff with Claude. I mean, the the way Denth talks about it, it sounds extremely recent. Yes. So just just as a reminder for those of you not currently reading the book with us, um, they were the five scholars way back like three hundred plus years ago. Vasher, Denth were two of them. Uh, Vasher's wife, Shahara, was there. Shashara. Yeah, Shashara. So sad. Um, And then we also had the brothers Arsteel and Yisteel. I might have said their names twice, but either way, um, they were were around doing different things. I think Yisteel was the one who made the ichor alcohol that um, lifeless have within them, which is better than blood or anything. Or, or any Icker alcohol. Kind of yes, that's what I said. Did I say that wrong too? Have you said bad. anything right? Just, just keep going. Just keep going. <laughs> Tori is amused by this. Um. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, they there was the many wars. So the many wars are actually really important. They make allusions to it throughout the course of the book. Uh, but it was a, from what I gather, it was many countries sort of merged together who were attacking Haladrian slash Idris at the time, and they were the ones who were successful, but the royal, um, the royals of Haladrian were, of course, forced out into what became Idris, I guess as part of the whole diplomatic thing, and they turned to worshipping return instead of austere and whatever else they used to believe in. But as part of it, they sort of subjugated the, the Pa'kal people, Pa'kal, next um and what we have happening in the book now is sort of a reaction to that they're tired of being sort of forgotten and not they're not i wouldn't call them oppressed but they are sort of just cast aside as an oh you're just haladrons wouldn't they're really not um so blue fingers being a pong call is like we're gonna make this many war part two happen and it's going to be between Haladrian and Idris, and they're, this is this is essentially how they're going to destroy both countries. Um, that's that is the ultimate goal that Blue Fingers wants to have, and uh-huh. it just it sort of started because of this many war that the five scholars were a part of. The ultimate um, ending of the the many war is that Vasher kills Shashara. Dent doesn't like that, so they have a falling out because Dent and Shahara are also siblings. Actually, so there was actually two pairs of siblings. That are the five scholars. And uh, yeah, Dent doesn't like that, which is why they had a falling out. And eventually they fight in person uh, since Dent and Arsteel. Actually, from what I remember of the, the annotations, Arsteel sort of wanted to reconcile Dent and Vasher. He, wa- he wanted to mediate between them, but ultimately they fight and Vasher does dirty tricks to beat him in battle and he gets him killed and Denth has or maybe it's just Jules has our still body used as a as a lifeless who turns into plot so of the five scholars only three exist at this time that we're reading in the book um, so during the mini war there were three major innovations that turned what would have been a nasty war into an extremely nasty war um, yes. Number one is Nightblood. Yep. So that is awakening a, uh, a a sword, a piece of metal that does not have a human shape, was it not takes ever a living. a lot of breath. A lot of breath. And it keeps taking breath. Uh, number two, and this was, I want to say, 
Yesteel and Arsteel came up with this one, the the modern lifeless command and Iker Alcohol. Well, I- Iker Alcohol was from Yeastale. I thought Thatcher was the one who came up with the lifeless command. The one breath. So originally, lifeless would take like something like a thousand breaths to be aw- awakened. And uh, yeah, it was uh, that was Vasher who came up with the one breath per lifeless thing. Okay. Right. So they came up with a way to create one breath per lifeless, which means you get a gigantic lifeless army that way easily. And then, yeah, so that that allowed the creation of extremely cheap lifeless. Uh, and then the third innovation, and one that we keep hearing about throughout the book, but we don't see until the very, very end, are Khaled's Phantoms. Uh, Which are the stone of lifeless. Right. These are human bones encased in statues and then um, awakened to become lifeless. And Much more durable that way. Yeah, not super duper sure why that allows the bones to move stone. I don't really understand that part. I, I, it's not it's not that they're moving stones so much as that they're awakened because one they know what it's like to have been alive before it's it's better than just putting something making something awake that has a human body they were a human body before so I think that's why bones are used and of course the statue itself is shaped to be a person so both of those help to make something that's easier to awaken than if neither of them were existing so I don't I don't think the bones are moving the body so much as the awakening is moving them. It's just easier to awaken because they have bones in them. So then are they awakened or are they lifeless? I think uh, Can you get your breath back from them, basically? I don't think so. So I'm I think gonna they say no. So then they'd be lifeless, which means that the bones are moving the stone, which makes me confused again. Maybe we'll have this discussion when Vasher describes the different types of biochromatic entities, because I need a refresh on that. Do you guys remember the Statue of Liberty at the end of Ghostbusters Yes, too? that's it. <laughs> uh, being run by the uh, NES joypad. Yep. Um, but something you're reminding me of, I do want to talk about Nightblood real quick. We all we all want to talk about Nightblood all the time. It's it's only through sheer force of will that any of us ever talks about anything besides Nightblood. Okay, Nightblood is scary. It absorbs Investiture, and I honestly don't think it was created quite right. From what we've seen in Oathbringer, um, Vivina slash Azure has a different type of of sword, awakened sword. But it seems much better designed and made compared to Nightblood. So I think when Nightblood was created, something sort of went wrong. And you have this this thing that that eats up investiture from people, from different sources. It's pretty scary. Yeah, uh, Vivina's sword in um, Oathbringer uh, doesn't appear to, you know, eat Stormlight. One. Right. Uh, two... We haven't seen any signs that it has any sort of personality or voice like Nightblood does. Uh, and three, it just it functions like a shard blade minus the ability to send it to the cognitive realm. Right. It's so I know from what I gather, uh, reading words of Brandon and everything, Nightblood I think was the the five scholars' attempt to make something that was like a shard blade on Nalthus, a robot friend. Yes. Um. Yeah, so that's probably why the Venus Sword acts more like a shard blade because they 
they are able to do it correctly, or at least better this time, learning from uh, his mistakes in the past. Unfortunately, we're probably not going to learn about this until Warbreaker Part 2 is written, which is tentatively titled Nightblood. We just don't know. We don't know what happened. We don't know why Vavena and Vasher are on um, Roshar and why she has a cool sword. We just don't know. And so I want to know so bad. The amount of crossover that's going to be required there. This is going to be the first real book that like you have to have read a completely different series to get, I think. Dude, dude, I cannot wait until Dave reads the end of Words of Radiance when Nightblood pops up. That gave me chills when I first read it. It's like one of the last sections in the book, and I had to put the book down and go, oh my gosh, this is actually happening. That's Nightblood right there. I cannot wait for Dave's reaction. I mean, even with that, like, you don't need to have read Warbreaker to to read the the Stormlight books. Right. And Brandon's always been that. really good about, about, like, if you just want to read this one series, it can be self-contained, you're fine. Yeah. But I don't see a way for Warbreaker 2 to not require having read at least Oathbringer at this point. Uh, I've noticed he's, he was really good with the first books of series. Like, if we look at... um Way of Kings, it's very much self-contained. But as the books got further and further in, he started pulling in more Cosmere references as we go along. But it's um, always bonus stuff. Like, you don't need sure. it to get, like, if... Okay, so Wit reveals that his name is actually Hoyd, like, near the end of Way of Kings. Yeah. If you haven't read any of the other books, that doesn't matter. It's just sort of a weird, like, yeah, this is my name. By something for the fans. It's like, oh, look, there he is. Like even even the most crossovery book of Oathbringer, like Azure is weird, but not like not not knowing who she is isn't really like a plot breaker, you know. And I think she mentions that she comes through the uh, cognitive realm. Like they talk about that when they visit there. So that's that's sort of all you need to know. You don't really need to know about her history. But yeah, I know it, eventually he's going to have to just accept that this book requires you to read other books in the Cosmere. It's just it's just going to happen if he wants to do this kind of crossover stuff. And it looks like it's mostly going to be centered in Stormlight Archives because that's the direction it's going. But maybe you're right. And we're going to see a bit more of that in, in Nightblood 2 or Nightblood Warbreaker 2. I don't Nightblood know. 2 Warbreaker 3. <laughs> yes, uh, we got a, like a Rando thing going on there. But yeah, uh, I don't know. Nightblood itself, though, sort of scares me in terms of, of Cosmere potential. I think if he ever gets into the wrong hands, it's it's going to be super scary. And I don't know how people are going to deal with it. The thing eats investiture. That is scary. And it sucks it out of people. Not just breath. It's It sucks their essence and soul out it's really weird well just once it runs out of investiture sure and that happens very quickly from what we we will see later on in the book um so oh hey what what's up with trilities the high priest what about him well like he's uh he's actually a pretty good dude right yeah like, ultimately, we find that out, but he's a he, big old jerk to Siri for, like, three quarters of the book. 
a lot of this book could have pre- been prevented if Trilides was willing to talk and work with Siri. Instead, he puts her down all the time, so she thinks something's up, and of course, Blue Fingers is going to reinforce that. It's Trilides' fault that there's so many problems. They could have worked together. Yeah, but, but he, he doesn't but trust at- Siri because, you know, they, they sent the wrong sisters, so he... Right. He's of the camp that feels like the Adrians are up to something and that she's at the center of it. So he doesn't trust her at all. Yeah, look at it from his perspective. That's what I, exactly I was going to say, that he he doesn't know the full story. He thinks something's up, that she could be a spy, an assassin, uh, some other he, power. He play. is a good guy. He's completely loyal to the God King. Right. It's just that it's also been... You know, there's no guarantee that Trilides was even part of when uh, Social Bomb was born. He could be a newer high priest. He's not over 50. I think he's described as somewhat younger. So I don't even think he's 50 years old, although he could have a lot of breath. Um, but yeah, he he's a good guy. He just he has his own perspective on things. I am kind of wondering why Siri wasn't like offered regular breaths as well, since she is now incredibly rich. And that is. That is, like, in and of itself, a, a sign of wealth in Halandrin. Yeah, but she's not a god. So why would people offer her breath? Plus, you don't want to make her more powerful when you already don't trust her. Why, why, why give her breath? Like, she's not a returned. She's not a god. So I don't see why you would offer her any breath. And just... keep in mind, the priesthood have, like, they have the real power. Sure, the return have big votes and things like that, but ultimately, the priests are the ones running the show, and you don't want to rock the boat too much. You want to keep your power in check. So Um, this is either going to be a super short episode, or we need to talk about more stuff. I was just about to say, I have more. Please, give me more. (laughs) Give me more. Uh, Night Song. Light Night Song. Light Song, at this point in the book, he's trying to find, of course, more about his past and how how he was. Uh, we, we don't know why he knew how to juggle. I suspect he just picked it up for fun and that's something he learned how to do. But he's a, like a tax collector, I believe. He, he was the guy who was sent to go look at the books of people who are somewhat shady and figure out what was wrong. So he's really good at math. He has a bit of an investigative streak, which is why he comes off as a detective. But he's just sort of this, this tax collector dude. But it is neat that he's trying to look into his past and figure out what he was. I'm really curious what Blushweaver, who she was in the past. I don't think we ever find that out, do we? Uh, no, she no. is She is left completely mysterious. Yeah. What so, about the five scholars? What were they before they returned? I know, right? That was so long ago, though. Like, did any of them actually put any effort into trying to figure out what their lives were like beforehand? Maybe. Or is this just, like, Something Light Song decided to do, and nobody else has ever thought about it. Well, no, the annotations mention that this is not the first time this has happened. Every now and then, a return's going to get curious about his past, and they're going to try to do stuff like what Light Song's doing. Like, what did they know beforehand? Now, Light Song's in an interesting position because his high priest is his brother. Um, that's nice how that worked out, but uh. Which which is why Light Song can learn a lot more about his past compared to other returns. But yeah, I, this is not the first time this has happened. All right, I don't think I have too much else to say. Tori, save us. 
I just got disconnected and I had to reconnect. So I missed everything you just said. That's all right. It wasn't important. We said nothing important. Please save us. We have no more topics. We got, we got a good like half hour out of this. This is pretty good. Okay, so I I love, 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 love Dave's little comic that he drew us. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, yes. It is very Night good. Blood and the squirrel together. Oh, they would make an amazing team. See, now that's the scary thing that you need to be afraid of, of Nightblood being in the wrong hands, because we all know that Aloysius is super important to the Cosmere, <laughs> and right. it's going to turn out to be a key player in these shenanigans, you guys. You know, I've noticed that Dave hasn't been posting anywhere near as much in Dave theories and Dave Art and stuff lately. Well, okay. Keep in mind, when when this channel was created, there's a lot of stuff in Mistborn. And there was a lot of theories he had to, to push around everything. This book, there isn't really anything for him to theorize about yet. He knows that there's a coming conflict. Oh, I do have something else I want to say, and I'll, I'll get back to it in a moment. So he knows that there's this coming conflict between Haladrin and Idris. But there's nothing really to theorize about. Um, we don't have the juicy... like. He he hasn't tied together the five scholars because they were very barely mentioned so far with Vasher and Dent. We're getting a little hints now because, hey, Nightblood knows who Dent is and he had this name Varatrelides and he mentioned, hey, is there a connection between Varatrelides and Trelides, the high priest for Susabron? So we're getting a little something and I believe as the chapters continue, we're going to start seeing more Dave theories pop up because he'll have something to theorize about. But at this point, it's only been politics. So. Well, and at the at the moment, the only real theory he has is, I don't trust those mercenaries, which is kind of interesting because, I, like, at this point in the story, we don't really have a reason not to trust them. I mean, up there with Vivenna, it's supposed to be a total shock and surprise when they well, turn on her. that something doesn't add. He can tell that something doesn't add up. And and it's it's pointed out in the book. Vivenna herself calls it out like you don't really want money. Lemix wasn't paying you that much, and yet your talents, your skill, everything you're doing doesn't really match up. So so he we can see that something doesn't quite add up, but people might expect him more to be like Kelsier, that he's trying to do some good in the world, hiding it behind mercenary or thief work. Uh, that is not what's happening. But that could be what, what you're supposed to um, expect. So, so I was going to mention Vivenna's plan to, to do the forging. Um, again, this comes from some of the, the annotation work, but this was Vivenna's plan to create these these letters, which would actually make the priest look really bad. That was the intention of what she's doing. And of course, that goes completely against what Bluefingers and Dent are trying to pull off. If this actually came out, these letters, it would sort of it would it would be the opposite of making a war occur. It would instead make it not happen, which would be great for Vivenna. And it's something that Denth was never going to let happen. She was going to make the letters and Denth was just going to be like, yeah, Teddy totally got out. I guess they did nothing. Just like there's there's guards from Idris that are trying to check on Vivenna and he keeps killing them. There is stuff happening in the background that we just don't know and we don't see because Denth is really a villain. And Tongfa is disturbed. Tongfa is a waste of flesh. Alright, what do you figure the chances are uh, that Dave will spot Vasher in uh, Words of Radiance? 
I I didn't really. So I don't. I think the chances are extremely low. Yeah, I'm guessing not. But I've been wrong every single freaking time. I've tried to guess what Dave is gonna guess. So when I read it, I didn't figure out Zahil was Vasher. However, I did spot Azure as Vavina. So I'll, I, I think he'll definitely pick up on that. I don't think he'll pick up on Zahil, but if he starts paying attention, and we brought it up before, that world hoppers, look at how they talk. Look at the language. Look at how they're described. If he pays attention to that, there are clues that Zahil is from Nalthus because he keeps trying to use colorful language, and he just can't because there's not many words to describe colors on Roshar, uh, in whatever language that they're speaking. So he wants to use his old language, and he just can't. So maybe he'll see that, um, considering he takes his time while he reads this. So yeah, maybe he will spot it, but I'm, I'm going to put chances at low. All right. I mean, Vivenna as Azure was like super duper in-your-face obvious, like yeah. intentionally so. Although people still didn't pick up on that, so you'd be surprised. Well, I'm not one to throw stones here because I often don't get things and have to have them pointed out to me by others. True, it happens. Like my large adult son felt. Sure. Started out in Mistborn, shows up again in uh, on Scadrial. No, wait, no, he, on Roshar. Well, I mean, he does show up again on Scadrial. He's he's in more than one book in Mistborn, but yeah. Shows up on Rosha is the important part of that. All right, Tori, give me another topic. Um, so how if we were to make an awakened object, a la Nightblood, what command could we give it that it would actually do what we wanted it to do? Depends on what we want it to do. Fetch. Well, keys. like for example, we wanted Nightblood to destroy evil. And the problem is that what does a sword know about evil? Like, they, they didn't define their terms, right? as right. the academics say. So if we want to create Nightblood to actually do what we intended it to do, what command could we give it? I think whatever command we give it has to be much more complicated than a two-word destroy evil command. Although, keep in mind, commands aren't necessarily literal. It's also what you're picturing it to do. But whatever object would have to actually understand what you're trying to describe. And that's, that's part of why lifeless themselves are so good, because they used to be alive and they can understand terms. If you said destroy evil to a lifeless, it has a better idea of what evil might be compared to a sword. But I ain't even touching that. I have no idea what command I would use. So then what command did, uh, did Azure use to make her sword? A better one. Be a sword. Cut things. Be a shard blade. I don't think it's cut things or just cut everything. I don't know. Have we have we seen it functioning like exactly as a shard blade? Like it could be specifically tied to Vivenna. So sort of like you 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 mentioned, um, do what we want it to do. If Night Blood was originally created to be destroy what Sashara wants to destroy. That could be closer to working, and maybe Azure Sword is like that. So it just follows her intention, and and then and therefore acts more like a sharp blade, as we mentioned. Uh, so have you guys also been avoiding the prologue release stuff for uh, Stormlight Four? I have. I don't typically read that stuff. 
Because I, I, I just don't want. I want uh, when the book's out, I will read it. Yeah, I like to know his progress. I can't do the thing where I just get part of it and then don't get to keep going. Yeah. Well, also, it's so early in the in the drafting stage. Like, it could change. It could change. Yeah. All right. I I think we're good. This is a good episode. Short but good. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll have night, a internet. longer than normal next week because we'll also be doing cast list. So. Yay, cast list! I'm excited about mine. I already have half of them done. And and with. Ryan Reynolds as Aloysius, we cannot lose. I have a different casting for Aloysius, and I think you that's that's fair. That's okay. Like it, it's open to to. It's an open casting call. All right. Bye, everybody. Good night, Internet. Bye. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at, at @CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is "Traveling Made Up Continents" by Gillicuddy used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.